I know the leagues. I know the teams. I know these players. I know this wonderful game called football. <laughs> it's time for a value bet. Oh, this is when the cream rises to the top. This is when things get hot. The largest sports wagering angles you need to know. Stats, records, rankings, weather. If the goalpost is tilted just a little bit. Value bet on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. Value bet. This is America's premier sports information program. Here's Jonathan Hood. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Value Bet right here on the Under the Hood podcast. I am Jay Hood from the Cap'n Jay Hood Morning Show, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000. And don't forget to download the ESPN Chicago app. Value Bet, we do this every week. I'm a huge college football fan and a huge gambler when it comes to college football. And so that's why we have our guy Gary Seegers from winningcureseverything.com on with us out of Memphis, Tennessee. We'll get his best bets for college football for this weekend and also his best NFL game. So if you're into drafting players for the NFL, if you're into looking into the box scores and the ability to take a look at what's happening in hockey or the NBA or college football, go to DraftKings, DraftKings.com. Download the DraftKings app, put in the promo code WMVP, and you are locked in. DraftKings is good to us. We'll let you be good to them. DraftKings, the title sponsor, Super Value Bet. Let me call Gary Seegers. We'll get underway as we get ready for college football. Another weekend right here with Jay Hood. My man Gary Seeger is from winningcureseverything.com as we have our conversation each week go to winningcureseverything.com and he joins me right here on Under the Hood for Value Bet. Hello Gary. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fine, thank you. Um let me ask you this. I was thinking about this uh, a few days ago. Okay. Do, do you remember the first time you placed a bet in a sports book because I remember mine? The first time I placed a bet in a sports book, uh, and you're not talking online, right? You're talking actual brick and mortar. Go to the go to the store, right? Yes. Uh, yes. So it was in Las Vegas. It was 2011, mm-hmm. and I bet on God. I bet on the Packers against somebody. It was two weeks before the playoffs started. And I don't remember who they played. I know that I lost the bet. So it was immediately like, eh, maybe this isn't going well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't anything crazy. I mean, I put like 25 bucks down on, on the spread. They didn't cover. Um, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. But it at that point, I had already been gambling online for quite some time. So, you know, it wasn't quite the same impact, I guess. Okay. I'll tell the story to you. So... There are two sports stations in Chicago. One of them is The Score, and the other one is when I work at ESPN 1000. So for, uh, gosh, 16 years I worked at the my our competitor, The Score. I worked there 16 years. And I was driving around one day with my then-fiancé, now-wife, and the opposing station, ESPN 1000, was having a contest. They had a contest to see who can imp- imp- you know impersonate the talent on the afternoon show. So I'm driving nice. around and I, and I told Michelle, I said, you know what? 
I'm going to win that contest because the contest is a trip for two to Las Vegas, to Treasure <laughs> Island. And so it's, it's Bill Simonson, and Bill now is doing, I think, radio for CBS Radio um, nationally. He works in Michigan now. And so I called the competition's radio show. And so I, and I do an impression of the host Bill Simonson and his co-host Lou Canellis. John from the South Shore, you're on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And I, you know, so I'm doing him, and he goes, you know what? That was great. You're a winner. I win the contest. I go, I go to the station, and the horrified look at the promotions people saying, wait a minute, aren't you Jonathan Hood from the rival station? Yes, I am. I'm ready for my two tickets to go to Las Vegas. I go to, and so, the, I mean, they had to give it to me, right? I mean, I won the contest. I'm John from South yeah. Shore. They didn't know it was me at the time. And so I win the contest. I, my wife couldn't go. So I go with uh, one of my teammates at the station, Lawrence Holmes. We go to Las Vegas. I said, oh, it's great. It's going to go to Las Vegas. We're at Treasure Island. And Lawrence says, you're going to put some bets down, right? I go, oh, sure. I go to the window. This is like 2001. Gary, I had no idea what I'm doing. No idea what I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, so I should also say this. This is an NFL Sunday. And what was my first bet? Um, Yeah, I'd like to have South Florida minus four against the UIC Flames. This is a Seth Greenberg coach South Florida team, right? <laughs> so, and she's, uh, of course, you go to the window. They want to know what number, right? And I, go, yeah, I they want the rotation. Yeah, like yeah. what what number, right? And I go, I um um one. I don't know. Like I'm looking at the board. What number, man, sir? What number? I, uh, uh, is it one thirty six? Yes, that's it. One thirty six. Like okay, there you go. Here's your ticket. Get out of here. Like oh, like oh my god. I was so. I have been down that road. I, I did that the first time because I told him, "Hey, I, I want the Packers." Uh, you know, what, whatever the spread was at the time, and uh, and they looked at me like I was crazy, and I said, "Like the Green Bay Packers," and they said, "We need a number." And at the <laughs> at that point, right. because I had been gambling online for so long, I just knew that I needed to click whichever team I wanted. Right. <laughs> so. I didn't. I didn't ever bother to look at the numbers. Now I, I had an idea once she kind of it jogged my memory. But she brought up, we need a number, and I said, oh, oh, oh. So I look up at the board, and of course they've got all the NFL games right there in front of you. And I, I told him, you know, one one seventy six or seven hundred two or whatever the hell it was. And <laughs> and, uh, and finally, like she gave me the ticket, but I said, man, like they have no idea which teams I'm even talking about, like what sport it is, no. anything. The, the, People that are actually working the books, for the most part, I have figured out, don't know anything about what we're actually gambling on. Boy, <laughs> they have no idea. That's a great point. That's a great point. You could say a team, they don't, all they know is the number. And I didn't exactly. know. I had no idea what she's talking about. And she looked at me like I had turds for earrings. Like, I, she, <laughs> she had no idea. I, I had no clue what she was talking about. She had no idea what I was talking about. I remember that day because... I circle back, Gary. I was a complete asshole because I circle back and go, "Hey, could you put that on one of the screens here?" <laughs> like, it's an NFL <laughs> Sunday, and I'm asking for a regional South Florida UIC game. And guess what? You know what? They put it on for me on the smallest screen. It might have been black and white, actually. It was so oh, small. Yeah. <laughs> so That's hey, they—they they just want you in their book somehow, right? Yeah. Especially in Vegas, like they are looking to keep as many people happy as possible. If there is a TV. That nobody else is watching, they will certainly change that channel for you. They, I mean, Vegas is known for it. They are great 
at, at making sure their customers are happy. And, uh, and I enjoy it because it, any game that I want to be able to watch whenever I'm out there, I, I have never had a problem getting them to be able to find it, especially nowadays now that you've actually got – I mean, you said that was what, 2001? Yeah. They actually had the feed from it? Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Like nowadays, that's no issue, right? Like right. they'll find ESPN Plus or whatever it is. But uh, but back you know back in one that's kind of hard to find a, a UIC South Florida game. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> they 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 found it on some random Fox Sports channel or like what what was it back then? Like Sun Sun Sports? Yeah, I guess back then. And they, and they had a bunch of regional sports networks and whatnot back then. It wasn't all national, but uh, but in Vegas you were able to get everything. So that oh, certainly made sense. God Almighty, I, that's so funny. I I remember that vividly because that was Bears San Francisco 49ers that Sunday. And that's when Cade McNown, the quarterback for the Bears, did not cross the 50. They never crossed midfield with the <laughs> offense the entire game. I got to look back at that box score, but that is not hyperbole. That is true, that they never crossed you the 50 got, offensively. You have a fascinating memory. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, of my first bet that I placed in Vegas for whatever reason, I, don't, I know it was on the Packers. I don't remember who they were playing. And now here I'm back looking through my database to see exactly who it might have been. Um, but I just, yeah, it, I can't remember the exact team. I just know that I lost. So, <laughs> well, you remember you always remember the losses, don't you? <laughs> you do. You don't always remember the wins, but you remember the losses. Let me you ask, certainly got that right. Let me ask you this, Gary. So, how early should one start looking at the college basketball slate? Like the for the the doubleheader to lead to start the season. I bet on because I think that was simple. Not a lot of value there, but Michigan State's always going to take on you know a rough non-conference schedule and usually lose that first game and then the other game. So that's all I've done on college basketball. How soon should one really look through the college basketball slate? I will say this. The, the best time to find value would be uh, the early part of the slate, right? November, early December, uh, because that is when you know everybody knows the least about these teams. I will, I will tell you this. Uh, I started betting on college basketball uh, first night because yeah. I thought I had some really good numbers. And I'm beginning to wonder if those really good numbers are actually flawed because last season wasn't a real season. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I will tell you this. So I am 15, 17 and one against the number in college basketball right now. And I do high volume betting in college basketball. Always have, um, but the last three years, so 2018, uh, I hit over 53 uh, percent. 2019, I hit 55 and a half percent. And then last season, I did less bets than than I ever have in college basketball, and still hit over 52 and a half percent. But I just I knew the numbers were flawed because you could never tell who was playing. Uh, each night, you know, trying to figure all that stuff. It was just a, a mess, right? So I, I stopped very early and realized I had no advantage, so there's no point in it, right? right. This year, I'm 15, 17, and 1, and the last bet that I made was on Monday. I bet five different games. Robert Morris at Ohio. I had Ohio minus 13.5. They won by 14. So mm-hmm. I won by half a point. Sure. Utah Valley and Pepperdine. I took Pepperdine minus 3. They were up by seven points with a minute left in that game, and it went to overtime and they lost. So I lost that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Citadel and Presbyterian. That one, Citadel lost by, I think it was four or five, and I had them plus three and a half. Uh, Holy Cross plus 12 and a half I had at Quinnipiac. And then Navy plus 16 at Louisville. Navy loses by 17. 
I said, okay, I don't have good numbers. Like these are all really, really tight. And I've been losing a ton of these by half a point, by one point, or a game that goes to overtime that probably shouldn't have. Like, and I, I am, I am out for at least another couple of weeks until I get some better data. Um, if you, if you really want to bet on college basketball, the best time to do it is once you actually know the teams, right? I think yeah. the smartest way to go about it, as opposed to doing it nationally, would be just watch one conference and figure out that conference and then attack that basically every week, right? That way you're not making a ton of bets. Um, and just it, it seems like the smartest way because you can actually watch all of those games, right? You know what you're seeing. That seems like the smartest way to do it. I've had a lot of really smart people, smarter than me, tell me that that is how they started it. And, and then they'll go with, with more games after that. But start with one conference and basically work your way up from there. Really learn what those teams are, how they play, and then uh, and then go from there. So so having said that, uh, UNC Greensboro, Massachusetts, as we record this on Friday, who do you like? You like UMass at home? Who do you like that? You like the total? I like, I like Massachusetts, and I'll take that over. <laughs> as he gives you the advice, he slips in. A, there's a pick for you. Don't do that, folks. Uh, don't do that. Uh, all right. Uh, let me get your thoughts on the slate for college football. There's always value in college football. So I'll start with Baylor K-State. K-State in front of me right now. You might have something different, Gary. But I have K-State is a one-point favorite over under 50. Can you tell me this week uh, where the public money went? Uh, right now we got 58% of the tickets on Baylor. 56% of the money is on Baylor as well. Mm-hmm. Um Here's interesting stuff about this. Of course, Dave Aranda, all the job search distraction and whatnot. They're talking about him being the favorite for the South, uh, or sorry, the Southern California job, USC. Wow. I'm real curious about this job. Not the job, but the uh, the game itself. I felt like there would be a lot of public money on Baylor after they upset Oklahoma, but this is the prototypical hangover game. You know, all of the, the typical stuff that you would hear, Kansas State has been absolutely rolling since they got Skylar Thompson back from injury. That's their quarterback. Uh, they are number nine in EPA per pass on offense. Baylor's defense, not great against the pass. Now, they can get a bit of a pass rush, but I don't think they're going to be able to do it against this K-State offensive line. Uh, on the other side, the way that Baylor was able to handle Oklahoma is they were able to run the football on them. I mean, they absolutely gashed them uh, with that quarterback run. Kansas State, I I don't think they're going to be able to do that to them. Kansas State is number nine in defensive rushing success rate this year. I I kind of like Kansas State here. Uh, this is a big-time hangover game for Baylor. Uh, they've got Texas Tech coming up next week. I, I'm going to roll with the Wildcats in the minus one. I, I think that they are the right side, especially at home. Sounds like you're curious about the USC job too, though. So I am. You know, I am. I'm very curious. <laughs> you, you know. You know what, Gary? I, I, here's here's what I say, and maybe it's it's too middle of the road of an opinion, but I always look at it as: Can you do better on these college coaching jobs? Right. I want Jim Harbaugh fired. I'm tired of this. The offense. He, he's he's always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Can you do better? You know that that's why because because exactly. it seems like you and I and 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 people on your show as well. Really talk about a handful of coaches every year, right? I mean, so so here's Michigan State locking up Mel Tucker for nine, ten years and a boatload of money, just so he won't leave. Not because they appreciate him, just so he won't leave. 
And and so I feel like we, we go through this cycle every year of talking about four or five coaches going elsewhere. And it's like, are, are they really upgrades or do you just have run out of ideas? Well, Josh Pate from 247 actually had a, a really good point on this. It, just because Michigan State is going to pay Mel Tucker that much more money, uh, that doesn't mean that you can get any more out of him than what he was already giving you, right? right. It, it just shows that the program is actually investing uh, the way that maybe you wouldn't expect them to, right? So everybody kind of – Michigan State, for the most part, would be a stepping stone job compared to – LSU, uh, most of the time USC, Notre Dame, Ohio State, you know, all these, the the Giants, right? Alabama, Georgia, whatever. The Giants of the sport are where you likely want to end up usually. But this is the way that business is done now. If you want to be a power in football, you're going to have to pay your coaches. You are going to have to invest in the program, and that includes facilities and all the different resources. Uh, your boosters are going to have to pay NIL money to the kids. I think Mel Tucker is worth the money, but it's not just paying him the money. Michigan State's also going to have to do a lot of other things that surround him in order for him to be successful. That's what Georgia did with Kirby Smart. They didn't do all this stuff when Mark Rick was there. You know, all the things that uh, went into their their new football facilities and the amount of investment from the boosters to make sure that they get the best players and and all this it, that stuff didn't happen under Mark Rick. And, and it's why you see a massive difference. You know, you can look at the records and say that they're the same, uh, but this Georgia team is completely different it, under Kirby Smart than it ever was under Mark Rick. That is true, but I, I feel like we talk about Jimbo Fisher and where he might be going, Lincoln Riley, Kiffin. It's the same uh, suspects all the time. And no one's talking about Bob Stoops taking one of these jobs, which I find fascinating. You mean to tell me he doesn't want to coach and have one more run? I think he does. I am going to disagree on that. I think he likes everybody talking about him, mm-hmm. which is why he never says no to this stuff. But I think Bob enjoys drinking his tequila and slinging that stuff around and, and going and selling his tequila and uh, and being on TV. <laughs> it's wow. it's the cushiest job that you can have. You don't have all the pressure, right? You don't have to go uh, kiss up to 17 and 18-year-olds and try and get them to come to your school. You just get to sit on TV and talk about them. I I think he prefers the TV life, but he also enjoys being in the spotlight a little bit. Uh, so, you know, I, I could be wrong about that, but from what I have been told, that is what he enjoys about this. He doesn't want to say no because you never say never. That's right. But is there any job – I mean, if he were to take the LSU job, he has got to be up against just an incredible slate all season long. And – there ain't a whole lot of guys that once they've been through it for 20, 30 years, uh, if you got one of those TV jobs, you know, he may not want to do that. He may not want to go in and compete and fight all the time for recruits and, and against Saban and against Jimbo and against, you know, Lane Kiffin if he's still there and whoever else. It, it might just be better to just hang out on TV. <laughs> and I don't blame him for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will just say someone that's close to Bob Stoop said he said what you just said. Never say never, but just not right now. So, and I, yeah. I, I can't give up the source on that, Jim Ross. All right, we move now to Michigan State. <laughs> uh, Jim, Michigan State will take on Ohio State. Ohio State is a 19-point favorite, over under 68.5. I, I need advice on this. 
I, I know Ohio State can score since we just talked about the aforementioned Michigan State Spartans. Um, what do you think of the total on this at 68 and a half? So initially, I really like the over. Uh-huh. And and it's moved up and it keeps moving up. And when, I, and when you look at uh, a few different stats on this, it tends to make sense, right? Uh, Michigan State number 29 in net points per drive. Ohio State number three. Uh, Ohio State is number two in 20-plus yard plays on offense. They are incredibly explosive. And Michigan State, by the way, number 90 in 20-plus yard plays allowed. So that is definitely not good in their favor. Um, but when I when I look at this, the way that Ryan Day has played some of these tighter games lately, I kind of wonder if he's going to be settling for field goals in some of these spots because they can move the ball a lot between the 20s, but they're not great in the red zone. Right, they they do put up a ton of points, but in these tight games, we saw it against Penn State, uh, we saw it against Nebraska, etc. Michigan State doesn't have quite the defense that they do, but they still got some studs on defense. I'm I'm real wary of that over. I'm I'm not going to play the total on this, mm-hmm. um, I, because I think that it's gone up a little too much. I, I think it opened at sixty six or sixty six and a half. It's all the way up at sixty eight and a half. Uh, it you know it's going through key numbers. It's going. It, it's probably going to hit seventy. I'd probably wait until Saturday, right before kickoff, and and take the under. Then, um, now saying all that, more than likely these teams will end up scoring you know forty each, and I'll just be completely out of it. But but that's the way that it seems to trend because Ryan Day has been uh, a lot more keen to taking field goals and just taking the points when he gets these opportunities as opposed to going for it, especially in a big time game. And, I mean, we saw it against Nebraska. He goes down there, and all of a sudden, last possession, they're up by nine instead of, you know, going forward on a fourth down and not getting it. And then Nebraska's got the ball only down six, only needing a touchdown to win. So I, I think he understands the value of points and the value of those field goals, and he's he's more susceptible to take them now than he used to be. Uh, so that's the only thing that I would say on the on the over. As far as the ticket count goes, we got 72% of the tickets, 79% of the money on Michigan State. Mm. And I am floored by wow. this. Wow. Like, wow. I, now, don't get me wrong. I understand, like, everybody has seen Michigan State, like, they are a covering machine. Like, they're 7-2-1 against the number this season. They are 2-0 and against the spread as a road dog. Um, but, man, these numbers do not line up well for Michigan State at all. Uh, they're giving up 6.5 yards per play in the last three games. At Ohio State finally figured something out if they cannot get pressure if the spartans can't get pressure on cj stroud he's going to have a field day against that secondary uh mel tucker and that defense are going to have to drop some blitzes and bring pressure uh manufacture pressure from other areas on the field as opposed to their front four uh you know front seven they're going to have to bring some safeties they're going to have to bring some cornerbacks and they're going to have to do it blindside when the guys aren't expecting it i they're going to have to take some risks, and if the risks pay off, then then this bet will be completely gone. But I think Ohio State's going to cover this nineteen. I, I think they are that much better than Michigan State. Clemson will take on Wake Forest. Clemson is a four and a half point favorite, and the over under is fifty seven. How do you see Clemson in this one? You see, this total is eight plus touchdowns. Like yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. a Clemson total in the in the mid fifties. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, I will say this. Can you tell me what the most important stat in football is? Uh, the final score. 
That's right. It would be points. Yes. And one of these teams can score them, and the other one can't. I I looked at what Clemson did against UConn last week, and that should be an offensive get-right game because DJ Uyangalele has not played well at all this season. Uh, the running game is starting to get going a little bit now that they got Will Shipley back. But my problem here is Clemson only had a 30% success rate against Wake, uh, against uh, UConn last week. I, I The best thing that could have happened for Wake Forest with the schedule was to play NC State in that defense before they play Clemson because they kind of play the same way. They're both really good defenses. Now, NC State not quite as good as Clemson's defense, but I think Wake is still going to be able to score points, and I don't know that Clemson is going to be able to put up a whole lot. So I I think the wrong team's favored here. Like, I, I know that there's, as far as the ticket counts go, like, this is, this scares me off of it because it's 67% of the tickets and 90% of the money on Wake Forest. Typically, I would tell you to run the other direction. Yeah. But I just think Wake Forest is that much better. Nobody is is really counting on them as far as the media goes. Uh, and the books don't seem to like them because of their defense. But I'm telling you, man, that Sam Hartman kid is something else. So I'm that's one of my plays on uh, the Bet U.S. College Football Show. I'm all over Wake plus four and a half. All right, here's Iowa State against Oklahoma. Uh, the Sooners, they're still waiting for the fans and the band to get off the field so they can finish that game. <laughs> Boy, I've never seen Lincoln Riley so so fired up. He was so pissed off. Hey, um, how, how funny is that, that he is going to be uh, the bastion of sportsmanship and whatnot? And three years ago against Baylor, they were up 63-33, to and he kicked a field goal with less than a minute left. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, unbelievable. He's I'm so telling angry. you, if he gets that LSU job, they are going to eat him alive down there. Yeah. Once again, like, are you sure that that's the right move? It's like if you're Lincoln Riley, okay, there's a ceiling to your success. You're a good team, but are you ever going to be national championship material with, with Oklahoma or with any program, right? It's like, I, I don't want to do overrated, underrated, because I heard that on Sirius XM. So they were talking about Lincoln Riley. You know what? I think it was Dvorak. It was Dusty Dvorak, and he was yeah, on there in the morning, and he was talking. Of course, he's going to have Oklahoma thoughts because he's a Sooner, right? But he yeah. was he was trying to determine whether or not Lincoln Riley and the program's underrated or overrated. And I just think, you know what? Eat, it's, it's, instead of doing that, Gary, how about just fairly rated? This is who you are, right? You're a football <laughs> team that's that's it, like it, you're a top ten football team, at best top seven, top eight football team. You're going to lose games one, maybe two a year. You're a good program, but you're not elite. And that's who you are. And I think that Lincoln Riley goes someplace else. I think it's the same situation. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with Lincoln Riley. I'm just telling you that they're not Alabama elite, Georgia elite as we look at it this year. They're just not that. And they're never going to be that. I don't believe I, I think I think Riley would be forced to change his mindset. If he goes to LSU, right? right. Uh, at Oklahoma, there's not a lot of challenges throughout the year. And once you get into a game against a really, really good opponent that has a ton of talent, then obviously it kind of falls apart at that point. We've seen it in the playoff over and over and over again. At LSU, you go through those battles week after week after week, and you can afford a loss, and you can get in there and – you know, you, you know kind of what to expect because you've seen those kind of athletes and you know what they're capable of. Um, it, I, I think the LSU job is a better job, 
Um, but I don't – I mean, it's not impossible to win a national title at Oklahoma right now. Like, he, he just doesn't really know what he's looking for because he doesn't have to play it every week. I think that's the biggest difference. So uh, in this game here, Oklahoma three and a half point favorite over under fifty nine and a half against Iowa State. How do you see this match up? So you know my heart's with Iowa State. Yes, right. Everybody, everybody's pulling for the Cyclones. Um, I got real turned off by the Matt Campbell interview this week. I'm sure you saw that. That was trending where the the, <laughs> the reporter, I guess. Asked him the question, all right, so you can't reach your goal of a Big 12 title now, but, you know, you, you still got this. And he said, whoa, whoa, my goal was never to win a Big 12 title. My goal was to be uh, the best version of ourselves and to be the closest Iowa State team ever. And it's like, it, oh. you ain't selling that to us, brother. Oh, that ain't working. God. <laughs> God mighty. Yeah. Yeah. Just ridiculous. So, um I will say this. There are 68% of the tickets and 83% of the money on Iowa State on this one. Uh, Iowa State, number five in EPA per pass on offense. Like, Brock Purdy has done a really, really good job, uh, better than I expected. But they've also had to come from behind a lot because their defense has been putrid the last, like, five to six weeks. They are number 97 in success rate out of 130 teams on defense. It is just not good. The last three games, they're giving up .404 points per play. That is really, really low. It's just not good. Um, the Oklahoma secondary would be where Iowa State would be able to take advantage of them. But the Oklahoma secondary has got their guys back healthy now. And and that wasn't how Baylor was able to beat them. Baylor only passed for 117 yards on them last week. Um, they were able to run the football. Iowa State, even with Brees Hall, has not been great at running the football. They are number 98 in rushing success rate this year. I, I want to go Iowa State, but I'm going the opposite direction. I think this number is too low. Uh, I made the I made the line like six points, and I thought, man, if this comes out like seven, eight, nine, I'll be able to hammer Iowa State. Uh, I think three and a half is just too low. Like it's it's moved down. We've got so much money coming in on Iowa State. I think Oklahoma is going to win this ball game by by more than just the three and a half. What is the NFL game of your choice, Gary Seegers? Oh, we're going to a big one. We got ratings for days, my friend. The Cowboys and the Chiefs ah, in the late afternoon window. Yes. Can you explain to me why the Chiefs are a favorite over this Cowboys team? You know what? That's a very good question. I was talking about that this morning on Cap and J Hood on ESPN 1000. We were just talking about that, and I said, boy, that line looks odd. I mean, whatever you think of the Chiefs, what they're, they've underachieved this year. One of the big storylines of the NFL is what's wrong with the Chiefs and the offense? Is it broken? That, that kind of thing, right? And the, and the Cowboys have been flourishing. And I was looking through the injury report. I said, it must be something missing. So I tried to educate myself. I don't see anything glaring in the injury report. I mean, maybe I missed it, but I didn't see it. So I will ask you, why is that the case? Because I thought that was a head scratcher. So the ticket count, of course, we always like to talk about that. 57% of the tickets, 66% of the money is on the Cowboys right now. And once we get to Sunday and all the sports books fill up and everybody starts, you know, doing their fan duel or, or whatever else, of course, BetUS, I got to shout them out because that is uh, one of my many employers. Um, they, they are waiting for the casual fans to come in and say, oh, Patrick Mahomes at home, less than a field goal. Like, absolutely. We're going to take this. And that's what's going to happen because there are a lot of casual NFL bettors that will be betting on Patrick Mahomes, and they do it every week even though their record against the spread has been putrid. 
you just look at analytics on these two teams. The Cowboys are number three in total DVOA, that's total efficiency, and Kansas City is number 14 in that metric. You want to look at the defense against the offense, Dallas number four in defensive efficiency, Kansas City number five in offensive efficiency, and then on the other side, and this is where the whole thing is for me, Dallas's offense is number four in total DVOA. Yes. Kansas City's defense is number 30. Their defense is putrid. And I know everybody got excited about the Raiders win and all that, but my God, have we seen all the stuff that the Raiders have been going through here lately? They had to replace a coach. They they cut two first-round guys because of off-the-field stuff. I, I'm i surprised that the Raiders uh, were even in the bo- – I'm surprised they put up points. it's just ridiculous so i'm not at all worried about the raiders game what i look at is this kansas city team at home against an aaron Rodgers list uh green bay packers was only able to put up 13 points and they gave up seven points to jordan love they couldn't cover against the packers without aaron Rodgers. there is i don't see them winning this ball game at all And I don't think it's close. I think Dallas uh, actually kind of puts it to them because I think they're going to put up a ton of points here. So give me the Cowboys plus that two and a half and uh, and sprinkle that money line because I feel real, real good about it. I I really think that that's an interesting pick. Could you tell me what the Seagulls line would be if if you had your own book? I'm thinking that you would probably just give it, I'd say, a field goal, right? Would you go uh, Dallas plus uh, minus three, three and a half? That's it. I will tell you what my line is as far as my numbers go, yeah. and and that was actually Cowboys minus five. Wow! Um, wow! But but if now if I were running a sports book, I'd have Kansas City favored, like uh-huh. by a point or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's just good business sense right there. Exactly, exactly. I'd get people to look and say, "Oh, Kansas City's favored, and it's less than a field goal." Oh, okay, we're, we're going to get them in here. So, yeah, that's that's the way that I would do it. But yeah, my my line is actually five. So I, I like the Cowboys a lot. Let me check something here real quick with this. Uh, I'm looking at the slate here. Uh, the Sunday night game, Chargers-Pittsburgh. It, yeah, you it, have to bring up my Steelers, don't you? Yeah. Unbelievable. I, the reason why I brought them up. Oh, by the way. Oh, you know what? Let me just get this out. Lastly, Pittsburgh. Is Pittsburgh, uh, is it Midwest? Is it Eastern? Or is it Appalachia? I'm going to go, man, could it be all three? I no, think it's all three. <laughs> no, it is not. It is, you know, it's not. It, that's like saying Memphis. It's, it's like saying Memphis is in the Midwest, and that's not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's Eastern. I'm going to say Pittsburgh, the city, is Eastern. Now, there's a lot of uh, a lot of guys that, you know, come into town and whatnot from elsewhere, but I, I do think the majority of the city would be considered Eastern. Right. That would would you kind of think the same thing? I would not. Well, what would you think? I think that Pittsburgh Gary Seegers is Appalachia. I think I think I think Philadelphia is East Coast, but Pittsburgh because uh, how everyone talks like Pat McAfee, I think that that I think that that is the mountains. I do. I think that I think that that's the mountains. I believe that. Truly. I can uh okay, I see where you're coming from. I think that that is a uh a small Maybe not small. Maybe I'm wrong on this. I think that Pat is one of uh, very few that would be considered uh, Appalachia, right? That we we could well, 
Well, Man, him, him and Bill, him I don't and, think him, that the whole city is like that, right? I, no, I think it is. I think him and Bill Cower. <laughs> I think I think the women sound like that. I think that the men sound like that. I mean, it's it. The word is mouth, not moth. M o m a u f. Punch him in the mouth. I don't even understand what they're saying okay. there. It's it's an odd accent. So that's why it's not Eastern because that doesn't sound like an Eastern accent. It's not Southern. It, it's that's it, true. So so it's, yeah. it sounds. Mountains. It sounds Appalachia. So I would say. I, I think we can agree that the one thing it's not is Midwestern, right? I would agree. It is not the Midwest. It is not. Yeah. So I think it has its yeah, own, like, like, own territory. Like Appalachia. Yeah, it's it's its own territory. That's what I think. That's I, I'm, I'm trying to think of anybody that I know that doesn't sound like that from there, and I I can't really. <laughs> put my finger on anybody in particular so maybe you're right <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, an, it's an odd accent i don't know what that is but it's i only hear pat mcafee sound like that and bill cower and that's it that's a, it's a short list I, i've got i got a lot of friends from up there that are actually big penguins fans and they they all kind of talk the same way now that i'm thinking about it and i guess i never never put two and two together but i i thought well i mean that's a big enough city like we got to consider that eastern right but yes yeah, it appears I might be incorrect on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Philly is eastern. Is it definitely because that's more of a metropolitan East Coast city? Uh, it's angry. It's mean. But Pittsburgh is is mountain people. That's how I look at it. Just based on their the the way they speak. That's what I've I like discovered. It. Yes. I like it. Hey, mountain people are tough. Yes, a, maybe the Steelers can get some of that. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, they certainly need it. Good gracious. Jeez. Well. Uh, nice, nice tie, by the way. Is that coming to men's? Nice tie against the Lions. Very nice. <laughs> Jesus, you, 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 you I, dam- well, you damn near run out of gas against my Bears in the fourth quarter. You're lucky to win that game because there's no way the yes. Bears should have won that, right? But so, so they, you run out of gas, but yet you survive, and then you tie with the Lions. That's tremendous. It's, uh, it's unbelievable, really. Mason Rudolph is such an awful quarterback. And they continue to give – I mean, they signed him to an extension. They continue to bring him in, you know, game after game because you know Big Ben's going to get hurt or he's going to go out with something. I mean, we all know this. Yes. And and they cannot upgrade the quarterback position. I just – I don't understand what they're doing over there at all. And yet, I mean, here we are sitting at 5, 3, and 1. Like, it, I know that we've got the toughest part of the schedule uh, remaining. For those that haven't caught on, I'm a Steelers fan. Yes. Um, yeah, but also I live in in reality. I live in the real world, and I know that this program, this uh, this team, this organization, uh, is not set up for success uh, right now. So I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're doing. It, none of it makes sense to me. I'm so fired up about it. <laughs> yes, but just like your co-host Chris would tell you, he doesn't want to hear that shit either. <laughs> because, oh, no. because once again. Sealers and their tradition, and I know the Sealers fan, you don't want to hear this, but your tradition is that you're going to be a winning team, that you're always in the mix. And a lot of NFL teams, like the one I'm dealing with every year, is not. So, okay, so, yeah. so just yeah. like it's like you crying about Alabama and how it's not a good football team that's going to be in the national championship game against Georgia more than likely. Nobody wants to hear you crying. That's the whole thing about it, Gary Seegers. Nobody wants to hear you cry. I think that's what it's come I, down to. I told you a few weeks ago that Auburn was going to beat Alabama. Uh, I, I would like to recant that statement, <laughs> by the way. Uh, that was all hinging on Bo Nix and some Bo Nix magic yeah. inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium. Yeah. Uh, without Bo Nix, I don't think that's happening now. 
So yeah. <laughs> let me recant that statement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I I never go after your picks. I just go after your takes. That's what I do. I go after those. <laughs> so don't forget. Hey, by the way, if you go to winningcureseverything.com, what would I find? You would find all of the different shows that we do every single week. We give out picks, previews, all that good stuff on the NFL games, the college football games. We discuss the coaching rumors, all the different hirings and firings and whatnot that are going on. And, of course, you can find the podcast and uh, and our YouTube channel over there and where you can follow me on Twitter, which is, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's a little secret, at GaryWCE. So go ahead and knock that out. But yeah, winningcureseverything.com is the one-stop shop for everything about us. Gary Seegers, as always, I appreciate your time. Let's talk next week. I want to know what uh, Mrs. Winning Cures Everything has going on in that kitchen. That's what I want to know. I want to know what smells are coming out of that kitchen. You will get to actually talk to me while I'm at my in-laws, and I'm telling you, it's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I'll be out in the woods in Alabama, so it's going to be a lot of fun trying to get a signal. (laughs) (laughs) You better sit on that. You better get up on that roof and talk to me. I want to make sure we got a a nice clear connection. Oh, we'll make it work. We'll make it work one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, as always, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, it's a pleasure. I certainly appreciate it. Ah, value bet. Always fun to talk to Gary Seegers, my man from Memphis, Tennessee. WinningCuriousEverything.com is the website, or follow him on Twitter at GaryWCE. All right, next week for value bet, you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We are going to talk about the three NFL games because, you know, it's Thanksgiving, right? So we'll take care of the three NFL games and also look ahead to the Egg Bowl and some of those Friday uh, matchups for college football. So make sure that you're with us. Follow this feed right here, the Cap and J Hood podcast feed, or, of course, my feed, Under the Hood. That way you will never miss an episode of Value Bet with me, Jonathan Hood.